how are you doing today great to have you right here so this is um should we call this offshoot of the series i started in the beginning of november that had to do with starting 2023 smarter so tonight's conversation it's around going global with your skills and i'm honored to have a foremost voice you know the co-founder of vesti right uh, mr Ushola Hamsa, you know to share with us how to go global you know with your skill in 2023 so this is a conversation that is still ongoing and i'm still going to be having some powerful guests you know before the end of the year and of course in january so we want to go straight right into the conversation as i invite the co-founder of vesti right if you have questions get ready to ask them and then you know use the the question uh box so that we can take your questions and then we can um you know demystify all the myth the myths the misconceptions about you know immigration i really don't want to use the word jackpot because it sounds like an escape you know movement locates and then the right way to do it is the right mindsets and then you know the right approach towards this great day sir how are you doing sir good how are you how's it going doing awesome doing awesome thank you for joining me on this conversation totally my, uh, totally my pleasure i hope you guys can hear me loud and clear i can hear you clearly i hope there are no echoes um so i already introduced you oh, okay so i already introduced you and then i want us to just jump right into it can you quickly just tell us you know what you do what vesti is all about for my audience who don't really know you so they will understand it so i'll just mute my mic just to play safe and to avoid the echoes yes so you just have like five minutes then i'll come back <laughs> absolutely i mean i always get a little cringy when folks say like i actually try to introduce myself but let's 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 give it a shot right my name is Olushola Musa. i'm co-founder and ceo at vesti vesti is the world's first uh platform for immigrants to be able to get access to financial services. Uh, we basically set up our platform to provide tailored assistance, community financial services for neo-humans that are going global. Uh, so my work has been around intersection of technology skills and human capital mobility. You know, so I'm super excited to be talking to you guys today. Please feel free. Check me out on Wikipedia, on Google, anywhere else, you know, just do a random search and just see, I mean, my bio is all over the internet, you know, and it's really exciting to be here today to be able to share this time with all of you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I hope you can hear me. Yes. You know what happens. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. So um, I want to quickly talk about you know, the misconceptions people have, especially in Nigeria. Uh, one of the common things that happens is, you, you know, people don't talk about traveling. You know, maybe it's just a week to when they are leaving, that's when you hear that, oh, I'm traveling. So people don't like talking about it, maybe because of the kind of history we have in, you know, Nigeria or Africa, you know. 
uh, that maybe somebody is going to miraculously stop your traveling and things like that. And then people have this mindset that, oh, I mean, we get feedbacks. It's really hard when you travel, say, to the UK, to the US or to Canada, that people don't usually know what they are getting into until they get there. So I wanted to just quickly touch on all these, some of these misconceptions and, you know, um, the misunderstandings that people have about travel. Well, first, let me start by saying that, you know, humans are naturally, by nature, humans are nomadic. So as humans, we are actually been designed to like desire to go elsewhere, especially as it relates to our survival. So think about like this, all the theories of evolution, like there's always been like migration of humans, migration of people from one place to the other. So if the climate of a place, now let's talk about climate in terms of natural terms. If the weather and climate of a place isn't suiting for you, you can basically decide to move to another place. So our forefathers who are hunter-gatherers basically move from one place to the other based on you know what worked for them if the fruits that are being gathered in this particular area is not available for this season they will naturally migrate to another place and basically get it done so think about it that's exactly what's going on today if the economic and socioeconomic climate of a place is not suiting for you what should what you should be able to do as a human is to migrate whether temporarily or permanently it is your choice if you feel that there are competitive advantages like education, better social security, healthcare that are provided in certain climes that are not provided in the climate that you are, and you don't have direct control to be able to make it happen where you are, then it's naturally okay for you to desire better education elsewhere, better healthcare elsewhere, and all of that. Like if you feel like you're part of the building blocks of where you are and you have the capacity to be able to make a change, you're a lawmaker or an aspiring lawmaker or you're someone in government or you actually holds the fiber to maybe commerce for that particular country where you are, you might not see the need to go anywhere, you know, but if you're someone who essentially maybe is trying to get more political power, more economic power, more social power, more, you know, whatever it is, like you can decide to, uh, to choose to move somewhere else. So I have never seen traveling as a problem or moving abroad as an issue. I actually believe that it's part of the human experience. Like if you're someone who studies human, you know, experience, anthropology, you would realize that moving around is just part of our nature. You know, and, that, and that's why we decided to position ourselves as a company that provides information for people before they think about emigrating, after they've emigrated, and even when they get to the, to the destination of choice eventually. So that, that's part of what we try to do. You know, I, I want to be sure my audio is still good. My airports are out of juice. And a single person must be aware that it is, it is a, number one, it's a human imperative. It's part of human behavior. And our company has been positioned to be able to provide services for people from when they think about migrating, when they have migrated, and every minute thereafter. Because people need information about what's going to happen to them when they get there, what they need to do after they get there. You know, my first voyage or my first adventure into this was providing critical skills that are transferable through a company called Coven Labs, which I founded uh, about four years ago. You know, and the goal was to train as many people as possible on key technology skills that are usable in the US, in the UK, in, uh, in Canada, and anywhere else that people go to. So that's, that was really like my first voyage. And we trained thousands of people. Many of these guys are using those skills either remotely or in the new locations that they have found themselves today. Now, with what we're doing investing now, we're going beyond just that one single technology skill. We're now beginning to begin to design pathways for people. And that pathway is, okay, how do I, if I wanted to move to Canada or Australia or the United States or the United Kingdom, how do I get there? What are the key things I need to do to be able to get there? When I get there, what am I going to do for work? 
you know, what are the dignifying visa types that I need to take on? If I get there and there are barriers to my prosperity, how do I surmount them? That's why we started creating a series of financial products, cards, credit cards, debit cards, bank accounts that would help people to be able to migrate and become prosperous everywhere they migrate to. So we like to call Vesti the power to move. It's essentially the power to move. So anybody who hasn't downloaded the Vesti app right now needs to go to the App Store, iOS and Android Store to download it. It's a wallet and also a pathway tool that helps you and guides you through your migration process. In there, you can find jobs, you can find scholarships, you can find a lot of helpful articles and videos that we have made that can help people get access to uh, migration services. So we are playing to the whims and caprices of humans who naturally, by virtue of their making, do not stay in one place. Since the 70s, 80s, the migration to the UK has been there. It's not today. People need to start moving today. It's becoming more obvious because of social media, Twitter, Facebook, all the you know, tools and services. And because Gen Z, we're naturally expressive, right? Gen Zs and millennials are naturally expressive. So it's becoming a lot more popular. You know, and that's really why you're seeing a lot more conversations going on about this. And people have even, you know, termed it as Jackpa and all of that, you know. Some people will move permanently. There are some people that are so pissed with the socioeconomic condition. Never blame them. And there are some other people who moving abroad is just a means to an end. It is part of a, an overall goal that they are period of time. Some will go for, uh, to get a job for a period of time to enhance their career so they can come back to Nigeria as experts. Some of them would basically start in a country and end up in another, you know. So it's, it's really, and I'm excited about people I see in Noscafi uh, Hub and some other people that are here. I'm excited about all of these amazing immigrants who are showing people how it can be done, who have become experts, who have become, you know, engineers, who have become doctors, nurses, contributing to the healthcare systems of the countries that they have now found themselves and showing other people that there is a way to do it, you know. And our company is here to provide that kind of soft landing that is needed for any immigrants. But before you even talk about soft landing, you see us in NYSC camps, you see us in colleges and universities. What are we trying to do? We're trying to show people that, number one, immigration should be a human right. We're trying to show people that you can plan for immigration. We're trying to show people that scholarships, uh, visa sponsorships, internships with global firms are all pathways that are scarcely talked about and that can get somebody the opportunity to actually move to a new country without stress. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for expanding so much on that. So I wanted to quickly talk about the skill parts. Yeah. Um, so let me give you a scenario for someone that is, um, say the person is into sales or into marketing and the person is working right here and is thinking of, you know, migrating or relocating uh, next year. What would be your best advice? So let's say the person is choosing UK, for example. I think UK is the popular one, or Canada or US. But let's just start with UK. What is what are the things the person can do, and how can the person get you know get you on board, you know, to work with you or work with investing, COVID labs, you know? Yeah. So you intentionally said sales and marketing for a reason, or you just use that as a is that hypothetical? Or you want me to specifically talk on sales and marketing? It could be any skill. It could be any skill. So first of all, you are best. So let's let's establish this for everybody. You are better when you are skilled. So if any new country that is looking for you, understand the intention of these countries. They are actually looking for the most skilled people, the most virile young people to come into their countries. So let's establish that. 
So Tayo has told you now that sales and marketing, it could be finance, it could be education, it could be uh, technology, whatever skills you have. What we always tell people is, first of all, download the Vesti app, create a profile. It will ask you to create your KYC as if you are setting up a banking app. Yes, it is a banking app because it's both an immigration and a banking app. So set up all of that profile. Then you will see a symbol on your home page with the symbol of a plane, an aeroplane. Click on it. It's called Pathways. When you get on the Pathways, you have to choose the country that you want. So we featured about 10 countries. So let's say you choose the United Kingdom. You will see the visa types that are available for the United Kingdom. All right? Also within the app, you can chat with the representative on a app. You can message that person and then they will be able to tell you, just set up, this is the country you are trying to move to. These are the skills you have and they will assign you to an analyst on our team that is going to help you. So essentially for someone who is moving to the UK, there are some pathways we can discuss on this you know, Instagram live as we are right now. One of the most popular pathways is the education pathway. The United Kingdom government makes a lot of money from education every year. So it sort of makes sense for them to be very, very big advocates of education. Now, I wanted to remove all of those things you've been hearing in the media recently about, oh, Nigerians are the most people with the highest amount of chain migration who bring our families to do it. Don't worry. Those are all conversations that will continue to happen in those countries. But what really matters for education, this past year alone, because of the new education policies and the fact that the UK is extending two additional years of work, working work permits to people who have studied in the UK, 500 103,000 people were there about moved to the United Kingdom just in 2022 alone. And that blew their mind. Nearly half a million people. If they continue like that for the next 10 years, there's going to be 500, there's going to be 5 million immigrants arriving in their country, right? And this is a good thing because this is a country that already has issues with labor shortages, that has issues with deficits in terms of working class people. So know that education is a sure path. And there are many schools in the UK that are offering people scholarships to come. If you have a 2-1, there are many schools that will tell you, you know, you don't have to pay. Uh, they will give you a 3,000 pounds discount. If you have 2-2, two, two, they might tell you they will give you a 1,500 uh, pounds discount. You need to find some of these schools. Some of them are not necessarily in London. So don't be looking for schools only in London or in any of the major cities. You can go to Hertfordshire, you can go to, you can go to Wales, you can go to other parts of the country or of the United Kingdom, including Scotland. So think about it that way. Your goal is to migrate via education. So you shouldn't be super choosy about, oh, I want to go to Oxford. I want to go to, you know, any of these other schools. Am I saying that you shouldn't choose, you know, states or countries or universities that are remarkable? That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that if you're not someone who is a scholar by default or someone who is being sponsored by an organization that can pay 80,000 pounds, I beg, just look for a school, maybe Hertfordshire. Commentary is even very prestigious too. Look for a school that just gives you the pathway to get into the UK. The debates going on about, oh, maybe prestigious schools are the only ones that will be able to sponsor students. Forget about it. It won't happen. The UK makes a lot of money on education, and it will only be debates in their, in their you know, House of Commons. It will never get to, like, limelight. I can tell you that for sure. Except things change with the way they are looking at labor shortages. So, shortlist some schools. You will see some articles in our app that shows you 10 schools in the UK and their costs. Check our social media, follow Adversity Official. Check our previous reels. You will see specific reels that we have done on schools that you can go to in the United Kingdom, all right, that will not cost too much. Once you decide the school, I usually tell people, apply to three to four schools. People will tell me things like, oh, don't you know the application fees are expensive? Just make up your mind that you want to spend the next 80, 80 pounds on three schools. Apply to those schools, 
And once you apply to those schools, begin to work on their process. Now, two to three schools out of the schools you've applied to should be able to give you admission. When they do, you can compare the admission. Which one is giving me more, you know, which one is giving me more uh, discounts? Which one is giving me a scholarship? Which one has the opportunity to give me the best, better course? So you check it vis-a-vis -vis one another. What I notice about people trying to go abroad with education is that they choose only one, they choose only one school. And if that one school disappoints them or tells them to go and look for 6,500 pounds deposits, then you see that they can't go on anymore. But if you, if you apply to multiple schools, what that is doing for you is it allows you to be able to combine offers. And this is not just for the UK. This is also for the US and for the other countries as well. Now, if all of this is too complex for you to process, we have a service in our program called Education Pathway. It's a concierge service. It's a white glove service where our team members actually help you through the process of selecting a school, through the process of filling your forms. And all you just have to do is pay, the, pay a fraction of the amount you would normally pay to all these malicious agents out there. And you pay it, and then the team can help you with that process. At the end of the day, what matters is that you arrive in the United Kingdom and you can start your program. I also want to use this opportunity to call out everything going on around people, you know, doing RNG spouse for UK schools. I want to encourage you as much as possible. People may have offered you, oh, I can be your, I can marry you and I will pay and you'll bring me in as your family member. I do not encourage it. And as an organization, we don't encourage it. The reason why we don't encourage it is because number one, it is illegal. It is not in line with what the UK government has prescribed. So if you are not married, don't post that you are married so that you can take dependence to the US. People are even marrying their siblings, doing all of that. They will latch on to it very quickly. And once they do, you will not only spoil the chance of the future generation, but you would end up like spoiling your own name and it might be difficult to regularize. This is why people get to the UK and say they are stuck for life. Why? Because they didn't follow all the counsel and the advice that they are supposed to follow. So a prodigy of mine came to me and said, somebody said they are going to pay for my tuition. She's a lady and they're going to marry me. And I told her, I said, look, you know what? Wait for your time. Do your own program. Do your own. You can find schools where you don't need to pay more than £1,000, £2,000. And you can do your own admission. Rather than getting a 10-year ban that will now stop you from going to the UK entirely. So this is, this is it for the UK. The process is simple. And the pathway is there inside our app that basically shows you the breakdown of how to get into a UK school how to get a UK technician sponsored if it's technician you want to do. Technician is a special talent, you know, visa for people who are software engineers, developers, or tech entrepreneurs, or people who have contributed immensely to the technology ecosystem. All right. So it's difficult to just like go through all of the different pathways that are possible in the United Kingdom, you know, but the, the, all this we have elucidated through one aspect or the other. And if there is one I didn't mention, and you want to learn more about, all you need to do is go into the app and basically do a chat with any of our team members. You can also chat with them on Instagram, you know, to just find out, and they will ask you to send an email so that you can start a proper email thread, you know, on this particular conversation, all right? Uh, I don't know if I answered that question or I covered that very well. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Very, very well. I mean, very, very comprehensive. Um, so I'll just go to the last, I mean, I think the last part, that I wanted to talk about is so there's this there are misconceptions. I mean, basically these are the things I just want to clarify because this we can't have all the conversations here. Uh, the best thing is to just download the Vesti. I also have the app, 
and then it's very very easy to use the app so there's this talk about oh okay it is easy to enter uk and then it's difficult you know to stay in there you know or it is harder to enter into the us or canada but it's easy for you to settle in there so i don't know if is that true well, and then what what's your advice right if your goal is quickness to get a passport canada is better you know, but their economy is not half as good as the United Kingdom. You can take this anywhere for anybody. We process all of it as an organization. You know, but we tell people, if you are looking for somewhere that is just easy for you to get a blue passport, which is the Canadian passport, if that's what you want, it's fine. You know, it's totally okay. Like, Canada would be a good place for you to go. But Canada has been designed to be good for only a certain set of people in terms of, like, getting into Canada. Uh, I tell people, the express entry process, for example, is designed for a certain set of people. A perfect profile for somebody who is going to Canada through express entry is that you are 28 years old, you are married, you have a good job that you have worked on for about three to four years, you understand English enough or you have a good background to be able to score eight in IELTS, and you have seven million naira, which is about nine million now. You have nine million naira as proof of funds. Now, the chances, the people that fit into this thing I just described, Tayo, they are very few. You are 28, you are married. Let me go over it again. You are 28 and married. All right. You and your spouse have good enough background to be able to score at least 8.0 in IELTS, which is a technical test. You have worked at least three to four years. That means you graduated 22 or 23 and you got a great job, you know, and then you, you were able to do that. And then secondly, you, you guys have enough money, as about $9 million to be able to do proof of funds. So it already cuts a lot of people. Now, anybody watching me now who knows too much about Canada will say, ah, ah, sure, that's not true. You are right to some extent because there are people who are 32, 33 that they have gotten it, 35 that have gotten it. I'm just trying to tell you that is the ideal profile Canada is looking for. That is what can score 474, 480 in their comprehensive ranking system. So what does that mean? It means that it cuts out a lot of people because we are in an economy where, you know, for you to be 28, have 9 million naira somewhere, be married, be able to pass English. Usually you have one and not the other. Before you have 9 million saved, you are probably 37. You are, if you have a bad background, it's difficult. You write I, I hear so many times, you'll be frustrated. You know, uh, you might be 37 and you're not married. Or you have a wife that can't pass IELTS. So all of those things, they've designed it. And you know why they did that? They basically looked at what, what they needed in their economy. And it is what they needed in their economy that they used to be able to attract people. So what they need in their economy is they need viral young people who can speak English or French. So it's either English or TEF, but Nigerians don't even bother to go and learn French. We have a French partner that, taught, that has taught people who are above a certain age, and that helps them to be able to get better scores. So back to what Canada is looking for. They're looking for viral young people to join their economy who can speak either English or French fluently, or at least understand the technicalities of it. You know, have good money that will be able to survive for the next six months you know, uh, before they are able to get a job, you know, and are okay enough with how laid back, you know, Canada can be in terms of the economy. Uh, it's, it's not a very capitalist economy. They're just trying to be capitalist, you know, and also it's okay with the weather. So that's about Canada. That's an analysis of Canada. When we analyze the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom is obviously looking for people. Now, when you hear from people who say it's difficult to stay in the UK, first of all, there are people who, who, who started their process within the last 10 years. Secondly, who didn't do a proper analysis of their skill sets. So within the last three years, with the UK adding two more years to education 
and allowing you to be able to find sponsors easily. Finding sponsors in the UK is not as difficult as it used to be because they've reduced the barrier for companies that can sponsor. There are lots of healthcare opportunities, technology opportunities, but if you don't have the right skill set, you can't stay back. So some of the people who have perpetrated this information, there are people who either do not have the right skill set or people who are not even as educated as you, I'm sorry to say, who are, you know, peddling the rumors. Like, true, true, truth be told, like, um, for a long time in the UK, they did not need people of a certain skill set. So it was difficult for you to get sponsored as a restaurant worker. So some of these guys are actually doing many jobs and saying that it's difficult to stay in the UK. And that's the truth, because their policing is really, really effective and all of that. So you, you want to like, be super careful. However, today, with the shortage of drivers, they themselves have introduced visa types that can even sponsor drivers. So you will begin to see that even restaurant workers, drivers, all of those other essential workers will begin to get attention now. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that's how, that's how things will begin to work. So the UK will become more attractive to people over the next couple of years as time goes on. But what I want people like you, who are knowledge workers, to continue to do is to remind people that some of the people who peddle these rumors are not as skilled as them. They don't have PMP. They haven't done, you know, your courses. They haven't learned how to do digital marketing. So you can compare. If people carry those kind of skills to the UK, there are tons of companies there that are looking for people who have that skill set. You know, and like the US has recognized, the UK will begin to recognize the role of immigrants in transforming their economy. So I hope this helps because this conversation we're having is really on a macro scale, if you think about it. Like it's not for the guy who's trying to move today. Is for the guy who wants to understand what the landscape of immigration will be for these countries over a period of time. So truly, the journey to citizenship in the UK is a little longer than, uh, than Canada, but it's around the same length as the US, but it's not being marketed as the way it should be. For the US as well, you will spend most times four years and nine months if you don't join the military from green card to transit to citizenship. You know, for Canada, they've reduced it to about three years, right? especially if you are not going in and out, you know. So the United Kingdom as well, once you go from students, you get your BRP, you work, which is basically an acronym for your uh, postgraduate work permit. You get your postgraduate work permit, you can do it for another two years. You can basically get sponsored, you know, for an indefinite stay, you know, by another organization. And once you get indefinite stay, it's just a couple of years counting to citizenship. Thank you so, so much. I think you've done big justice to this. Thank you so, so much. So, uh, I mean, the goal for me basically is to just sensitize people with this conversation. Uh, I know a lot of people know, oh, this is what I should do. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. But I, I really wanted to address this misconception. That is why I had to talk about this, you know. And um, I think I'll, I'll just I'll round this off with um you know your advice to people that i mean there's japa now the japa sounds like an escape movement you know there are a lot of things happening in the nation right now you know the cost of living has gone higher you know fuel has gone up food costs and all of that so people that have that jackpot you know um, mindset they, they just want to live by all means and they are not planning well what is your advice to them you know or what are the right things they should start working on because i understand that these things you have to plan it you know people usually plan to travel i mean to relocate over a year you know and they work on these things you know so what we and that would be the last thing we'll yeah. talk about before oh, i let so, you go so one, one interesting thing and my own mindset about this is I don't want us to build such a castle around the importance of planning. Planning is important in every phase of life. 
So it's not because this migration that planning is important. If you want to, you know, take on a new course now, you should plan. If you want to go to work, you should plan, whatever it is. However, there is an energy for the neo-human. The neo-human is a Gen Z who is energetic about the concept of traveling. And that particular energy isn't something that should be discouraged. If you think about the way a European who is just 19, 20, and now ready to see the world, if you think about how they pack their bags and just go around Europe, we should encourage those kind of things. Intra-Africa, we should encourage that people don't necessarily need to plan before they choose to go and live in Rwanda. People should carry their bags and go and live. When, don't forget, this is when they are young and they can afford to make those mistakes. But if you are 36, you are nearing midlife, and you don't know that you should plan before you carry your bags, sell everything, and go to the UK, then the issue with you is not really about migration. It's just a fundamental, there's something fundamentally wrong. Because generally, you should understand the risk of how to take care of a woman, your kids, all of those kind of things. But I'm saying this this way. I decided to approach this this way because there might be a 20-year-old who is listening to us right now who shouldn't take three years to plan to go and live four months in South Africa or to plan to go and do a one-year master's in the UK. It changes their worldview. Whether they choose to come back or whether they decide to begin to pursue their livelihood there shouldn't be a problem. But if you are somebody like my age and your age, and you have a family, you have a wife, you have children, you do all of that, you want to really sit down and look at what is the comparative analysis of where I'm going compared to where I am? Am I able to get, for the same skill set that I have, five times, ten times the salary? Am I able to get better social security, better health care? Are my kids going to get better education? When you found your decisions on top of this, then it goes beyond just trying to jack by. You are literally choosing a better climb for yourself. Now, when I get there, would there be pains of migration and uprooting myself? Certainly, yes, there will be. What do I need to do? to be able to avert some of those pains? What am I willing to accept when I get to this new country? So these are all kinds of things that need to go into the planning and discussion. And that's why we created the pathway to university. If you go into that tool, you're able to see the steps that are needed for you to get there. And very soon we're adding things like memos, things like adding friends that can support you, support structure, being able to identify a map, who will be responsible for this, who will be responsible for that, opportunities to buy a house, what do, what do you need to do to finance a car, what is the cost of healthcare? What is the cost of childcare? All of those things are things we're adding to pathways in the new year, you know, which is why I said people should go on and download the app. So planning is overrated for the Gen Z. Planning is overrated for, for the energetic, you know, Gen Z. Millennials are already above 30 now. So the millennial needs to sit down and look at what is ahead of him, what he needs to do. But I also try to encourage people, overthinking will not help anybody. No matter how much you think you can gather, when you get to that country, you realize it will finish in a couple of months. But what that will do for you is at least it will help you have a soft landing. So if you are somebody who is still waiting for, oh, let me gather it, let everything be complete, that may also be a wrong approach. What you just need to know is, when I leave, and I also tell people this, when you leave Nigeria, don't cancel all your means of livelihood. Just find out which ones can still be done while you are remote, because these are things you will use to support yourself within the first year of arriving in a new country. Which is why selling I, I, I give you an example of a brother of mine who decided to give somebody his camera because he's a cameraman and he didn't carry that camera. He would have carried that camera and used that to start up when he gets here. Or leave that camera in Nigeria and be renting it out to people who want to do the work and be making the money. So don't savor everything that 
you know, is your livelihood in Nigeria. Don't necessarily sell everything, except it's like super important as a way to be able to get yourself out here. Some people can sell it to be able to get money to buy their flight tickets. That, that's fine. But I'm saying that if you can, don't savor your means of livelihood because these are the things that will help you stabilize when you get to a new country as well. So this is very important. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Vishala. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for you know giving us the right um, the right direction or the right mindset to these things. And I believe that there are a lot of people that you know they've learned something or they've picked something from what we've discussed. Um, so I'm going to be wrapping wrapping this up. Um, I believe for people that want to learn more, the best thing is to just go to the Vesti app and then you know download it. Um, or they could just send send you a DM, you know, or send me a DM for more details, and I can just direct them to the app and download it, you know. So um, I think that that would be it. I don't know if you have any last word for us or something that you wanted to talk to us about that you missed out, or maybe I didn't ask the question. No, no, absolutely. Lots of having live sessions with Jimmy Tewe. I've done some sessions with Miss Multipreneur. These are all things that people should watch. And sort of listen again. If you get on the Vesti web app and mobile app as well, there are videos that we have made, existing webinars, one hour long webinars that we made available that are free on education or just spend some time as you are driving through Lagos traffic, listening to them, you know, and make decisions based off of them. The other thing I think we should say is that there's a Telegram group that we have. You can access it through the app and you can also access it if you, you know, DM somebody on our on our Vesti Instagram page. You know, join that Telegram group, ask questions there, read some of the pain messages, and you can make some of these decisions. If things are getting very, very, uh, Mr. Sarko, I see you. Nice to see you. If there are other questions you want to ask around, you know, your own specific scenario, oh, I've been rejected a visa before, oh, I have a family of four, oh, I have this skill set, oh, my, my spouse is um, in the U.S. and we're trying to join him, oh, my, my sibling already filed something for me, and you need specific guidance on any of these things, please feel free to write us an email. My own personal email is olu at wevesti.com, all right? You can mention that you watch this particular webinar so that I will be able to know that you're coming from Tyre. You know, and basically all we need to do is we would set up a clarity session for you. It's usually a paid clarity session where you'll be talking to a lawyer about your case and they will be able to help you uh, through that particular peculiar situation. But I am making a major shout out to our Education Pathways team. There are many of their students who have arrived in the U.S., Canada, the U.K. this year. So if you want to be part of that, join the Education Pathway program. It's only for the fraction of the amount that other organizations will charge. All these Marauda agents sometimes charge one million to help you. It's, a, it's just about 200,000 naira, and they will guide you through the entire process. You know, and you will be one of the people arriving in the U.K. sometimes this time next year or arriving in the U.S. sometimes during summer next year, and it's never too early to start planning this. Don't forget to download the Vesti app. Send us. Don't forget that we are also a company that is trying to reinvent and make things better. So if you have any specific challenge, suggestions, or how we can make the app better, make sure you also send me an email. I will be more than happy to support you. Thank you guys for having me today. Thank you so much, sir. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Um, yes, sir. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody, for joining in. Thank you. I see everybody, you know, thank you so much. Um, just reach out to uh, Mr. Rishola, reach out to me for any further clarity. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.